It's Monday, the 24th of January, 2022. Fortunately, when we have our Tech Talk meetings, we talk about various things that we have, and then I write them down so I don't forget them. And Myrna's idea was, and it's a very good one, In some, in, at some point when we don't have anything really scheduled or something happens like it just did today, why don't we talk about books? Everybody loves to read books. I love to read books of all kinds. And and what kinds of books not necessarily do you read, but wh- wh- where do you where do you read books? How do you read books? What apps do you read books on? And so we thought we would go back because some of us some of us are older than others, and so we go back further. Now I cannot confess to actually go back as far as some, but we'll talk about how we used to read books, which by the way are a lot different than the conventional way of doing it now because Bard wasn't around when I first started reading books. And so we have sort of a, a panel of people here to talk about their favorite books. When John gets home from work, he's going to talk a little bit about reading books on the Kindle. Brad will talk about books in terms of Audible, among other things. Myrna, who is just a little older than I am, will talk about what she remembers when she was reading books long ago and far away, almost in another galaxy. And I will talk a little bit about books uh, because I was born in 55, and I do remember reading books on these big discs and, and on these big, 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 uh, they weren't turntables, but they were talking book machines back then, but they were lethal. If you dropped it on your foot, you could have broken a toe. They were very large, but the sound was awesome. And I remember in 58, 59, reading books of all kinds and have a couple of examples of some of those, which if I don't forget, I will put up on the on the list so that you can actually hear some of the things they talked about in 1958 and 59. The narrator on that record was Edward R. Murrow. And so we'll talk about that and perhaps we'll play some examples and put them on the list here in the next few uh, few days or so. But But that's how I read books. They were all on records. They were all at 33 and a third. Um, and everything was in great sound and lots of wonderful people because of my tie to old time radio. I was familiar with a lot of the voices who read the talking books, but also were actors and performers in old time radio as well. Some were theatrical and, and did New York plays, etc. Really cool. Really cool. And I read basically those books because that's really all there was. This is before cassettes. This is even before the Evatone sound sheets that came about. Fascinating. And I and, and radio, I mean, sorry, talking books just kept going and evolving. And it was fascinating, and it still is today. In any event, uh, let me bring in Myrna next, um, because she goes back even further than I do. And we used to also read other forms of books with regard to recording for the blind, etc. And uh, other avenues rather than just the talking book uh, services and they had different ways of readings as well but none of them on cassettes at that time these are i think were all recordings in fact rfb i used to read stuff on on open reel tape that i would get mailed to me and uh, i'd put it on my recorder one currently like i have up here where i digitize old-time radio programs from tape and that's how i'd read so it does go back a ways. Myrna, are you with us? Can you unmute? I think I'm unmuted, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. This is a great topic, and we're also eventually going to ask you guys to talk about books and how you read books, and where do you read books? Uh, 
What's your favorite form or app to read books? And I don't know if we'll get it in. We were talking about making this a two-parter. So we'll see how this goes. Currently, we're at 32 people thus far who are in the room. So a lot of people are interested in this topic. Myrna, go ahead, please. Okay, so I will admit that I am older than Larry. Yes, you are. And I will admit it, too. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And Bob Acosta and I are probably, you know, we're, we're sort of neck and neck. So that's how far back. And I will never admit it on the other point, but I will be here because, because you need to know how far this whole thing goes back. So the first way that I read books was that I, my mom would read to me. I would take me to the library, um, sit me down, and she, maybe probably I was, what, maybe three, four years old, you know, whatever, um, five years old. And when I went to first grade, I learn Braille. And before I went to first grade, when I was still in kindergarten, um, we went to visit the Braille, we used to call it the Braille class, which was um, a class in a regular New York City public school where you learn Braille and where you were when you couldn't do things like your sighted peers were doing like gym or art or something. You went back to the Braille class and did things and maybe helped teach the younger kids um, braille and reading and writing and stuff and so once i had felt what braille dots were i was like enamored oh i'm gonna be able to read i'm gonna be able to read like other people um and i used to i remember trying to take a a pencil or something and, and punching out things is this what it's like is this what it's like and then i went into first grade and i learned my alphabet um learned to write it on a slate because we would not we were not allowed to use a braille writer until we could write on a slate. And then, you know, learn the braille writer, but reading. And there were lots of books there. And that is then how I read. Um, we in New York State, for some strange reason, were not allowed to have talking books until you were 14. You couldn't have a talking book machine. Now, there was a talking book player in the classroom, but you couldn't have one at home. And so, you know... Uh, all you had in those days were Braille and what was in the classroom. And then remember getting hooked up um, with the New York Public Library and getting books through the mail. Um, I think the first one came and it was all wrapped in paper and there was newspaper and stuff. And you had all these, you know, volumes. And of course, when you're a little kid, you might have only had a one volume book or a two volume book. But as you got older, so you had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine volume books. Oh, gosh, you know. They, they really, they really got, um, where are you going to put them? Um, then I got talking books and my world opened a little bit because in Braille, believe me, you know how, when you look at, um, the Bard site and you see some of these things and it will say, um, about language, you know, and the explicit descriptions of sex, never in Braille. Believe me, they didn't put anything like that in Braille. Even, you know, when you were older and reading Braille, they just didn't. They really didn't. When they did talking books, they started a little bit to do that. So we had, like Larry talked about, the big talking book machines um, when you went to talking books. And um, when I was in high school, uh, most of what I read actually was still in Braille because, you know, there was always uh, English class where um, they were, everybody read the same book. I remember a book called, I guess it was David Copperfield, and then a book called The White Company. And um, 
in fact, I even did a book report in, on Grapes of Wrath when I was in high school, and that was in Braille. So everything that I read primarily was in Braille, some in talking book. And you, what you did in high school and also in college, because an English class in college, and Mary Beth and I were talking about this this afternoon, um, was they would give you a list of books and they'd say, pick, you know, pick um, from this list and read it and do a, you know, do a report on it. And the, the more difficult ones, if you wanted to try to get A a class, you picked two of them. You picked one of the more difficult ones and one of the easy ones. And what you had to do was look through the list and see which book you could get, um, either in Braille or on Talking Book. And one of the ones that were, I told Mary Beth, it was the worst book I ever read. And she said it was the worst book she ever read was a book called Chris from Shandy. And don't ask me to tell you anything about it because I can't remember it. I, I read it, read the book, you know, did the book report and I think promptly forgot it. But the saving grace was Alexander Scorby was the reader. This was on Talking Book. So that's what you did. If you thought, well, Jay, I'd like to read. Um, I know one of them I wanted to read was The Sun Also Rises. Hemingway couldn't get it. Couldn't get it in, in Braille couldn't get it on talking book. Um, I, I think I couldn't even get it on, on recording for the blind was around in those days too, where I got my textbooks. And that was on those little, what we called soundscriber discs, those bendable plastic discs, and where you, you put them on your talking book player and you'd have to put a penny on the arm because the thing would slide across. Um, so to keep it going like that, you did that. So those were the old days. And then, um, you know, eventually there were, um, you know, reels of tape and there were some organizations that did do bestsellers. Um, everybody, um, when I went to college, everybody, not for, not for, you know, not for your, your college classes, but everybody for leisure time was reading like Peyton Place. Couldn't read it. There was no way I could, you know, get hold of it. Nobody did it. And years later, it was on what that, and I don't remember the name of the organization, but um, as I say, they did tapes and you got them through the mail and they, they did it. So they did some of the books um, that I really, you know, wanted to read because my friends were reading. I had to catch up later on. Um, and so there was no Bard. Um, there was no Bookshare. There was no digital book, you know, no electronic books that you could download. In fact, really, when I grew up, um, there was, you didn't even use a computer um, when I went through high school and college. So that was the old days. Um, of course, um, we have lots of ways to get books now, but I'm not going to tell you about that because I don't want to um, take away from anybody else. I'm just going to tell you about what we had or actually what we didn't have. So I'm going to move on, let Larry move on to the next person. and They can tell you what's going on now. Yeah, eventually we will, I'm sure, talk a little bit about how amazing it still is for me. Maybe people may be taking it for granted now who who grew up this way, but it's amazing to me how we literally have the ability to get almost anything we want to read at almost a, moto, a, no, a, a moment's notice. That's not the way it used to be. And, you know, now we can download it. And if we don't want to read it today, we can read it in a week or two or three or four. It's just so cool. We can talk about that a little later on. Um, Brad, let's go to you next. John is home, but he's still getting um, stuff together after just walking in the door. So talk a little bit, if you don't mind, Brad, about a couple things, including Audible. 
Okay, thanks, Larry. You know, I'm kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from Myrna. I didn't lose my vision or begin losing my vision until I was already an adult. I was in my mid-30s and began losing my vision and reading printed material became more and more difficult. And, um, you know, of course, I used a computer and I learned to use, a, a you know, uh, first, I was using Zoom text that had reading. But as far as reading material, you know, I, I was first introduced, I was given some um, audiobooks that were on cassette tapes. And, you know, to be honest, they sat on a shelf for quite a while before I ever tried one out. I've kept thinking, you know, I don't know, how am I going to do with this? And of course, once I finally sucked my toe in the water and tried one, I was, I was hooked. You know, I couldn't stop. And um, you know, audiobooks on cassette, audiobooks on CDs. I'm sure everybody here has done the same thing. And that was my introduction. And then I learned about Audible. And uh, at first, I was uh, downloading the books. And with my son's help, I was burning them on CDs and carrying them around with me in my um, little uh, cassette you know, CD player in my backpack and changing CDs while I was riding the bus. That was terrible. Um, eventually, my son introduced me to a little iPod mini. I, I was fine until something went wrong because the thing wasn't accessible. And I'd have to put the thing under a CCTV, figured out what I did wrong. And, you know, but I was dead in the water till I could do that. Um, then, of course, I discovered the Victor stream, as I'm sure we all know the stream and we love it. And that was a game changer for me. Um, so I, I, I learned, you know, I was listening to my audible there. Eventually I was introduced to Bard and, you know, download Bard books and put them on my stream. You know, I'm sure nothing, none of this is new to anyone here. Um, but that was my introduction. Um, eventually I got an iPhone and that opened up a whole new world, you know, the audible, came out with an app for the iPhone. Bard has an app now for the iPhone. And that's great. I still prefer my stream, but I use them all. Um, I also have dabbled with uh, um, iOS as a books app. And that's nice. Um, I read some things on that. Uh, it's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. And of course there's Kindle. I have, I have used that as well. So there's, you know, my book, I still have never mastered Braille. So to me, it's all electronic. Um, so like I said, the, the iOS platform and, and, and the stream, that's primarily how I do stuff. And of course, I can put all kinds of content on the stream. But my story is a pretty short one. But uh, as someone who didn't lose their, their vision till they're in their you know, adulthood in their late 30s, that's, that's how I've learned to cope. What does it cost uh, to to get an audible book it used to be something like 1495 long time ago i've i've always had a subscription and okay. it is um 1495 for one credit a month or 2295 for two credits a month and uh actually i had one of those for a while um my father always had an account for my mother and it turned out that she and i liked the same stuff so uh, after a couple of years, I started using his account as well as my own. Uh, eventually, I just switched completely to my father's account. He had two credits a month. My mom, he, he, my mom couldn't keep up with it after a while. So I got real spoiled. I ended up with a free Audible account, sort of, kind of. Um, and I would also, um, 
nowadays what I do is I tend to buy them by the year. Um, I pay, I think it's $149.99 a year and I get 12 credits all at once. And if I use them all up early, I can buy another 12 credits early. Um, for a while, I had such a backlog of stuff. I didn't have anything. And, you know, you don't, you never lose what's in your library. It's always there. Even if you stop paying a monthly fee, you still have your library. Uh, I still have the original library I had that's got a, maybe 100 books in it. But as opposed to the one I was using that used to be my dad's account, I've now my dad passed a few years ago and I changed the name on it and it's now my account. So I kind of have two of them. I've never merged them. And mine's not this. I started using audible before Amazon bought them. So I still use an audible user ID and, and password. I've never merged it with my Amazon account. So I, I do not use it on my um, uh, echo device uh, as can be done if your Amazon, if your Audible account is the same as your as your Amazon. Now that's something that's really nice, and a lot of people like that is they're able to play your Audible content uh, on your Echo devices and listen to them around the house or or, or you know that kind of way. I don't know if you can listen to them on the uh, A Lady app on your iPhone. I, I think you have to use the Audible app, but there's many many ways you can. Uh, access audible you know you have to pay for it what i like about it is when one of my favorite authors michael Connolly, will come out with a new book i get it you know it it's i can buy them in advance and it's in my library when i wake up in the morning on the day it's released in print in the bookstores um i don't have to wait months for it to show up on bard now bard's great but when you when when you're aching for that new book by your favorite author, uh, that's where Audible's really nice because you can get it right away. And there's all kinds of stuff on Audible that isn't on Bard. So, you know, it's all about having many different tools in in your toolbox. I'd True. say most of what I listen to is on Bard. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, lots of tools in your toolbox. I didn't even think about storage because we never had that ability long time ago. We had to give them back. So the mailman got hernias, pulled, you know, grabbing books and putting mm. them on my doorstep, and I read them and I'd send them back. Some of them were braille, some of them were, were recorded books, but we could never keep them. Now I've probably got three to four hundred books easy on the card, and uh, oh, at least twice that many, maybe three times that many, on my computer. Uh, and so if I want to read something over again or read something for the first time. I've got my own little library, and if I don't have it, I can download it in a matter of seconds now. So right. I mean, we when never I first signed that. up for Bard, I told them I didn't even want one of the little book players that they will send you for free. I mean, they still have those, but yeah, yeah. I told them no thanks. I had a, I had, I had a already gotten a stream. Yep, me and too. I said that's I'm going to do it that way, and I can download them instantly, and you know, you can hoard them, and many people will hoard hundreds, thousands of barred books that they've downloaded. That's the beauty of it. You, you get them, you keep them, you've got them somewhere digitally. They're yours forever. So it's a really great service. I, love uh, yeah, I keep telling people I'll read this book and, you know, I hope I can read all these books. I just, as I was saying, I can, I, I tell people I'll be happy to read these books. In fact, I hope I can get through most of them before I die. I mean, there are that many there that it's going to take me forever to read them. 
So, uh, let's go on now to John and the Kindle. John? All right. Um, I use Kindle not as my primary source for reading books. Um, Bard is still my primary source for reading books, but there are a lot of, as, as was just mentioned, there are a lot of things that are not on Bard that, that are on Kindle. And so, especially in the little, in the niche reading that I do, uh, old time radio stuff for my, my, my religion, um, even even other thing. Oh well, I I work for Disney, so there's a lot of Disney related stuff that I enjoy reading, as published by people who are famous in that organization, and even authors who have brought about books relating to a certain subject. A lot of that stuff is niche reading, and you're not going to find most of it on Bard. So I use Kindle for that, and you know Kindle. Is what maybe five, six, seven, eight bucks a book, if that, maybe a little bit more, depending upon the size of the book. But for me, it's it's a a, a it's an opportunity to read the things that I can't get anywhere else. So what I usually do is I read. I've got it on my uh, my computer on the desktop. And I've got it synced so that it's the exact same thing as on my iPhone, in the iPhone app. So I can go back and forth. If I'm reading something here at home and maybe I'm out and want to read a little bit, I can utilize it on the iPhone. A lot of ways to get the books. I typically go to Amazon and I search for an author or a book and uh, go ahead and download the book. <clears throat> Not really download the book, I guess, but I I set it up so that it will be downloaded to my my devices, and uh, within maybe five six minutes, I've got whatever book I want, and then when you go into the actual application, the book is is it's ready to be downloaded to your library, and you can have as many books on your library as you want to. Uh, often, when Larry and I are interviewing along with Walden somebody for Yesterday USA, for example, they'll write a book. I mean, we're not getting as many old-time radio people anymore, obviously, but we're getting authors. And if something really intrigues me or if I want to find out more about a book that an author wrote, chances are very good that it's on Kindle because Kindle is very up-to-date with the popular books of today. If they're already on Bard, I don't bother with them, even though I could, I guess. Um, get them from Kindle day of of uh, release. But to me, at least, it's, it's not as important to get it on the day of release. I could, but I don't always. Um, you know, if I have to wait a month, because Bard's gotten better. And so within about a month, so a month of the release of their book, it's usually on Bard, if, especially with the, the, the well-known authors. But we've got a choice now. We've got Kindle, we have Bard. If you've got Bookshare, uh, that also is available. Now, that takes a little longer because people have to get it scanned and so forth. But at least that's another option. And they also do books that you won't find uh, on Kindle. Uh, they, they go back and forth between Bard and, and Bookshare. I mean, there's some pretty good crossover there. Uh, but between those three, those are the three that I use basically to get pretty much anything I want 
some of the older books may not be found on any of them and that you know you're just out of luck unless you you know how to scan but that takes longer so it depends on how bad you want the to have access to the book yeah, in our case, we actually had the books on either disc or cassette a long time ago, especially if they were old-time radio-related, and we recorded them at that time, and now they're still on open reel tape. And so we, we, we could have access to them if we could remember where we put them when we moved. Yeah, they're, we, so they're in a we, box somewhere. But there's stuff that's not <laughs> even been uh, – recorded uh, from the original sources at Bard, so you can only find them on either direct disc or cassette. You won't find them on Bard. So that's another cool thing to have access to some of those. It's just nice to have choices. Yes, it is. Yep. Can Nikki ask a question? I had to get off for a phone call, but I don't know. I don't, know I don't think doing. so. Should we let Nikki ask a question? Yeah, I, th- I think in, in this instance, we probably will because she knows where you live, John. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So what will what will is, is Nikki? We, I was about to say that we will also ask for audience thoughts and comments and questions. So begin raising hands. And since I do see Nikki's hand raised, even if it's just in my own mind. We'll say, go ahead, Nikki. Two people. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's because all right. Usually there's a presenter, and, and but you guys right. just No, I, I just enjoy picking on you. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, I know, and that's quite all right. I enjoy that. Okay, so recently, I, I use Libby a lot, and um, I'm sure that Bard and, and um, Bookshare and, and the rest of them have more titles than Libby does, but I heard something or I read something that Libby is now going to be available through voiceover. Has anybody heard anything about that? Libby is an application that you use through your local library, through your local library card. And you just download books. Some of them are audio, some of them are not. A lot more of them now are audio than there were a year or two ago when I first joined. So I don't know the answer, but I mean, we'll find out. We can easily find out. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And thank you, John, too. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Ron, why don't we go ahead? There are several hands now. Ron? I don't know where Ron is. Alan, maybe you can help out until... All right. Let me. St- oh, He's coming. Are. Okay, I started with the five ten. Give, give, give me a second too. Okay. Let's see if I can call these people. I got the five. So I asked the five one zero person to unmute. I don't know which number that is. I didn't get a chance to see. Area code five one zero. You're up. Uh, you could that be me? That's you, Steve. Hi. Uh, uh, if so, Steve Mendelson here. Uh, I was going to uh, uh, hop back to uh, what Myrna was describing, which was the. Uh, the uh, the limitation uh, of anything which would be considered uh, a little bit uh, edgy or, or or racy perhaps, and uh, that actually had uh, serious legal dimensions. Many of us may remember, for example, how I guess it was in 1983 when Congress actually took action to prevent the Library of Congress from making Playboy available in Braille, 
and the case eventually went to court, but it was uh, well, it was won basically on a first round of First Amendment grounds. I do remember that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was pretty heavy right then, but a lot of us, especially who read books, really got up in arms about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good, good, good. I don't know if it's happened in other areas or other venues, but but that was uh that was very memorable for a lot of us in eighty three. Certainly was. Cool. Okay. Thank All you, right. Steve. Thanks, Steve. All right, uh area code five one eight. This is Mary Beth, and um, I think one byproduct of many times Myrna and I were talking about this earlier, where you'd actually be assigned a book and you wouldn't have it, or you'd have like a piece of it. Um, One of the skills I developed early on was to be able to talk knowledgeably about books I hadn't read, Um, and you know, to be able to just just pull things from like other books by the author, or you know. Actually, a couple things. Bookshare is actually getting better about releasing books earlier because it's got a lot of publisher agreements now. So it is sometimes possible to get um, on the day of publication to get uh, books from from Bookshare, and I'm, I, I know I've I've appreciated that. And I guess I have two two questions about um, about Audible. Um, one, I was wondering if somebody could, um, speak to the whole thing about no more audible app in windows 11, just, br- just briefly. And number two, um, uh, I guess this one's probably for bread. I'm not so sure that, that the older versions of, you know, when they switch from MP3 to MP4 and you know, all this other stuff, I don't know if um, I've never gone back to like the oldest books in my Audible library and tried to play them. Um, I'm not so sure they're playable, and I'd be interested to hear the answer to that question. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Beth. Yeah, this is Brad. If, if you've got old books in your Audible library and you've downloaded them, they depends on what format they're in, and it depends on what device you want to play them on. Um, they should play on your, I mean, I don't know what you're trying to play them on, a stream. They should play on your stream. Depends on what stream you have. Audible recently changed the format that you can download books in. Now you can only download in what they call Audible Enhance. And I have a original stream and I have a second gen stream and I never bought that update pack. I cannot remember what it was called uh, that allowed my original stream to play the audible enhanced, but um, it will, it will still play the old ones and my second gen stream will still play the old ones as well as the audible enhanced. So if you've got, like I do a bunch of audible books in a, folder on my computer you can still Mm -hmm. play them on on your stream Uh, if you have the audible app on your phone of course on an iphone i don't know that they have one surely they have one for android Uh, you can play anything in your audible library uh, because it's in the audible cloud but yes okay no i don't have it but i guess i'm going to get it (laughs) download it thanks thank you what about windows 11 and Audible. Anybody want to talk to that? 
I, I don't know why that wouldn't work. Well, I'm, I mean, no, they're not going to move. They're not going to keep the app in Windows 11. I was just curious to see what oh, yeah, effect this, that's going to have. Yeah, this know. is Brad. I I read the other day they've discontinued their Windows app um, altogether. Oh. Um, I think if you've got it, it may still work for a little while, but my understanding it's going to stop even on Windows 10. Um, but they're saying you can go to the website, which is kind of clunky, but it's accessible. Like all these Amazon things, they're accessible, but there's a million things there to navigate through. And you can play things through the website. It's not my favorite way to do it. Makes that stream worth every penny that, Humanware charges for it, um, but that's another story. Um, but yes, you can still play them through the web player. This is Mara. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, good. I was mute on you. Um, you probably also can play them through. Another way would be the A Lady, you know, because she will play them. Um, I think you know they discontinued Audible Manager several years ago too, and it looked like they just don't want to really want to support like these old devices and i think they're considering like um the stream as an old device i know that after the first gen stream and the second gen, gen came out i was working for humanware just about that time i was gonna leave almost after that but um they we didn't have audible on the second stream for a little bit and they said to audible look you've got a contract with us you got to fulfill it um, and you've got to support this. And then when the Trek came out, the thing was, whatever you did with the second, you know, second gen stream, that's what you're going to do. And that was Audible Manager. And then that stopped working. And then um, I think some of us have been using Audible Sync. I know there was an application for Windows, and they tried to get me to use it. And I said, no, or the Audible tech support people, I said, no, 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 no. It's really not that accessible. But a lot of people are using Audible Sync, um, and that will either connect your stream or track to the computer and download it to there through through Audible Sync, or you can download it to the computer, and it goes in a very strange place, and I'll tell you where it goes, um, so that you can you can take it and you can actually um, when you know where it goes, you can just copy that book to your um, SD card if you're using the stream or the track. It goes in a strange place. It's your your C drive. You find your C drive. You go into Windows Explorer, um, find your C drive, and then you go to Users, and then you go to whatever your name on the Users is, however you've got it. Then you go to App Data. <laughs> then you go to Audible Sync, and inside Audible Sync is a folder called Downloads, and that's where they all go. Um, and what they do, which is very strange, is they the book will show up as a very strange name with numbers and letters, and you wouldn't know what it was. So um, what you do, what I do, if I use that method, is I do one book at a time. I don't download, you know, because then you won't know what name it is. So you know what you just downloaded, okay, because in Audible Sync, it'll show you the, the, you know, the real title. And then I go and I do F2, and I rename it, and then I switch it over. Um, I've been also using a Mac to download Audible books because it's easy. You go, you get it from, you know, your library, you go to the website, get it going to the library, get it. It will go right into your downloads folder on the Mac. And then I just put a card, an SD card in 
and grab it and do it that way if I'm not doing it on the phone. And Audible, by the way, will work on the Braille Note Touch and it will also work on the Braille Sense 6. And I've had it work on the Polaris as well. So um, it will it will work on Android. It will work on iOS. It works almost anywhere. I mean, like I said, with the A-Lady, I mean, you can just listen to it, you know, wherever you really want to listen to it. Very good. Mary Beth, we're going to go on. There are six other people who have questions, but thank you very much. Good, good stuff. Okay. Judy. looks like Judy is next. Hello there. Hi, Judy. Um, I'm probably a, almost the same vintage, close to the same vintage as Myrna. Um, and um, so I, too, remember the dearth of books. And that was, I swear, I spent my whole young adulthood trying to get all the books in the Laura Ingalls Wilder series. They weren't available anywhere. And accidentally, I had someone read me one from the library when I was in third grade. And I spent years trying to get the rest of them and, you know, get people to read them to me. And, you know, of course, now it's just such an abundance of books. And I do want to say that I find using Audible with my A device and Amazon itself. So it loads down to my devices and I can have it on my phone or the A device is I think now the, you know, even, even though it'd be, I like to do it on the stream, but frankly, this other is very quick. And as you know, as Brad said, very, very easy to use. Um, I had heard something about being able to return books to Audible. And I know in the first years, so far as I know, you couldn't do that. So I'd actually like to know how do you return a book? How long can you do that? And so forth. But anyway, I just want to just say that um, there is still, despite Bookshare, despite um Kindle and Amazon. If you want to dig very deeply into a specialized subject, you'll find out very quickly how many books we still can't get. Anyway, that's true. That's it's very true. My piece. If I like an author and, and I find a lot of stuff on Bard, I'll look at Bookshare and sometimes there aren't any 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 designations to that author. And I'm and I have to wait because everybody can read it in print, but there are holes where I don't have everything that a sighted person might have still. So you're right. And scanning is dirty little secret of scanning is it's still really hard for a totally blind person to scan. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, yep. with despite all the dream readers and the dream scanners and so forth. I find scanning a real pain in the ass. It is. And it, you always get shadows and things in there that you don't know you're getting yep. until, you know, it's And you it's skip tough. a page accidentally mm -hmm. and you're all out of ugh, order. Yeah. Anyway, does it, that, that's it. And I'm just to say, I'm, I'm glad, grateful that we have what we have. Yep. But I don't think the wars are over. Oh, no. No, not yet. But we're getting closer. Hey, Larry, this is Alan. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to respond to her, her comment about Audible. Whoops, I uh, muted somebody. 
I think everybody. There we go. Uh, Audible is not set up to be a you know a library service, but they are a real understanding that if you have any kind of problem with the book, they will let you return it for a credit and stuff. And you just have to call them on the phone and do that, I believe. But, uh, uh, I mean, at least to my knowledge, they don't have a service where you can uh, uh, rent the books for a while. I mean, you you, you get your credits, you get your books, and then they're yours. Uh, But uh, like I say, if you have a problem with the title or there's something wrong with it or something like that, they they will let you – uh, exchange it for for another one, or, or they'll, they'll give you a credit, which usually requires a, a phone call to talk to somebody. Okay, so let's take some more hands. We got about eight more okay. hands. Okay, uh, uh, nine one eight. You're next. Hi, this is Allison Fallon in Tulsa. Hi, and. I am about the same age as Myrna, I think. Um, I can remember getting Braille books, and my poor postman, he must have had to retire early (laughs) because I got so many cases of books. And the thing I remember uh, particularly is that I got Gone with the Wind in all 13 volumes but they forgot to send volume one. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't oh. send it all. Yeah, I remember having yeah. that happen too. Drove me crazy. Yep. And I don't use Audible at all, but I use Bard, of course, and I use uh, I use Bookshare. And I, I don't use Bookshare in Braille that much, but I use Bookshare. I wish they had slightly better voices or a voice, I'm using it on my stream, or my track, actually. And um, But I remember those big uh, talking book discs. I can remember the player, and maybe Myrna can too. It wasn't even a plastic case. It was a like a fiberboard case, and it had a big handle. And you ha- if you had to bring your talking book machine home, which I could do, you had to let it warm up before it would work because I lived in the Northeast then. But I have more books than I know what to do with at this point, and I think it's wonderful. So that's that's what I had to say. Great stuff. Thanks, Allison. Yeah, it had tubes in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, looks like we have a second person from area code 510 who hasn't been on yet. Yeah, this is Don Queen. I think that's me. Hi, Don. Uh, yeah, hi. I started out in a sight-saving class with a wind-up talking book. Oh, my God. They don't believe me. They didn't believe me. And we would try to run. In the afternoon, the teacher would read to the young kids, and we'd listen to the talking books. But We'd speed it up, you know, it had a variable speed. The teacher would get mad at us because talking, but that would have been a good skill to acquire to learn fast reading because I, I didn't, but I, uh, I got used to use books on tape, which preceded the audible. 
I get in the mail at when I retired, I, I got, I have to wait for, you know, just like the talking books, wait in the, wait around for the talking books. And when I first got uh, my own talking books, I was so embarrassed to get the book. I hid the first time the mailman came, but, uh, the, uh, the librarian in Northern California was a real, real tyrant. She, you'd only get two, two talking books out issued to you. And you, so you could read one and she, but they were always in order and very not scratched and that part. But I, I, I think it's just really wonderful. I use the radio reading service. And then I, one for students uh, when I was learning DOS computers that they, they came out where they had the volunteers readers and uh, they had a programmer and a monitor and they still made mistakes on the coding. But anyway, I, I think we're really in heaven now with the, I don't use Audible much because it's so hard to get out and, and you get the same books pretty much except uh, and uh, uh, the books on Bookshare is, is generally is very good. I thought pretty good quality except the other night, but they, I think the commercial publishers send them free, I think, because yep. they have to, because uh, they're so much better. I, I don't, I tried scanning a book for them once. I don't know if they approved it, but mm. <laughs> it, it was pretty hard work. They keep with the correct all the central European names and things like that. <laughs> Thank you, Don. This is wonderful stuff. Thank you so much. Okay, let's go to Randy next. Okay, I'm hoping I'm coming through all right. You are. Um, go ahead. Thank you. Um, i got a couple of things. Someone asked earlier about the Libby app. And for the longest time when you went to use a little I would say, well, you ought to be using Libby, but it's not really accessible for blind folks. Well, the good news is, news is they have made it accessible to work with VoiceOver. And I have been using it for a couple of weeks now. And I have been borrowing books from them. And uh, there are uh, both Kindle books, audio books, magazines of all sorts, magazines that I've never heard of that are out there available through uh the Libby app that um, I have found quite interesting. And so I would give it a try if you want to try downloading it. You do have to link it up to a library card once you get that done. Um, then you're really able to go. You can get, um, you can ha have 10 books out at a time. Um, it is really difficult for some popular books. You will have to wait months for some of them. But it's worth it if you want to try and get a book through your local library. And um, I think it's important we use that service because, you know, our local, the local libraries in our community, if we can get them to, um, if that app works for us, I think um, we're ahead of the game. Well, a couple of other quick things. There are some email lists that you can get onto that will give you access to uh, books. Either if you're interested in Kindle books, there's a book called Free Kindle Books. Dot com. I think it's maybe fkb.com is the website, but uh, somebody puts out a blog every day of uh, free or low-cost Kindle books that you can get, 
Um, and um, that I found a lot of books through. The other site that's interesting is called bookbub.com. That's B-O-O-K-B-U-B, like bub, dot com. And there are various email lists you can get onto from there that will give you access to uh, low-cost books if they become available from either Kindle or Barnes & Noble or Apple. Thank you, Randy. Good information. Thanks so much. Okay, let's go to Jeannie. I do remember the first few years um, that I had like one or two talking books and they weren't from the libraries. Um, I just used a regular record player because they had... Bobby Vinton has left the meeting alert. 33 and a third um, speed on. And when I was in the... When I was going to our local parochial school that was just a couple blocks from me for four years, I, they had a reading list and um, they got the books for me in Braille you know, that I could read. And, and when I got finished with them, take them back, you know, to the library, we had library every week, like on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So that saved a lot, you know, and generally when I was a kid, if I ordered anything from the library, I only ordered like one or two at a time. Um, so that was great. I, my favorite way of reading now is by Trek, the uh, Victor Reader Trek, although I have to get it shipped in because I, um, I can't, charge it anymore the thing is the the whatever you call it that you stick it into is um, on the fritz but anyway i did the the i have had book share i let my count elapse and i've been meaning to call up and get it up again going again and i do like it i'm not crazy about the sharon's voice she's so over expressive it's just corny um the guy voice that they had ryan is not bad but I wish they had um, Ethel, no, what was her name? Heather. Um, I wish they hadn't retired her. She, I thought she, that was the best voice they had. But anyway, um, I, as far as print reading, I, I like the uh, Bard. And I do like, um, I do like um, Bookshare. And I have read some Bookshares that, that, um, you probably would not be able to get on Bard. They were books about music therapy. Even though I was a music therapist, they were written by a couple of music therapists that I knew. And so I read them on Bookshare. And um, so um, I have not tried Audible. Um, I do have one book. It's a series of books um, about this person that lived in the 19th and 20th century, a mystic. And they are on a thumb drive that I put in my um, Polaris 6. I, I could also put it in my um, um, BI-40X, but I haven't really done it much. Um, and the, quote, the Polaris 6, I can turn the voice off if I want to and just read it in Braille or turn the Braille off, read it in voice, or just keep both on. So, um, uh, when I, and then when I was in school, the recording for the blind first came out on these um, plastic discs that were somewhat bendable, and I had a by that time I had a talking book, and then uh, they they started with open reel cassettes. And Cleveland Library for the Blind recorded some books for me too, the recording for the blind. And then now they probably I haven't used them since they then they were on cassettes, and I haven't used them since they were on cassette. Um, since I'm no longer a student, I just don't feel the need to go to them. But um, so that was my um, 
um, that's my memories of talking books. Thank you, Jean. Okay, looks like there's another user from area code 510. Your hand's still up. Uh, it's not, it's still muted. Uh, phone number ending 844. Must see with Judy. I don't believe. Even that's our number. Yeah, I think that I thought that was you, Steve. Huh. Well, uh, I guess I was, since I'm here, I will ask a question. Then, can people talk about ma- magazines uh, again, uh, with particular reference to uh, non-mainstream or, or non-specialized magazines? I'm very interested in sources uh, of uh, of access for magazines. Well, I know you can do it on well now through Bard. But I mean, we used to get them all the time by yeah, uh, by mail. Uh, I don't know if magazines are available, for instance, through. I think they still are available through Bookshare. I don't know about Audible necessarily. Yeah, I'm thinking about ones ones that uh, unfortunately that Bard uh, and or Bookshare Bookshare Drugs. don't don't do. Yeah, uh, I, I there are several that I would love to. A lot to of sports read magazines on a regular basis so I can get them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I know the answer to that. Somebody else might, but I don't think I do. What What about NFB Newsline? I was just going to say well, that. Well, that's NFB true. That's Newsline a good idea. a lot. Yeah. They yeah, have they some. Have yes, they do. They have a lot. Ma- so, they have many. Yeah. So if you want to go, like magazines would be, the three would be either Bard, Bookshare, or I would think NFB Newsline. Also Kindle. Kindle too. Yeah. Yeah, Kindle too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Kindle has them. Um, I don't know that Apple Books does, but Kindle. I know Kindle has magazines. Does anybody know how to get uh, NFB Newsline to add a magazine? I would just call them. I mean, if you want to, you know, I would just, I would just um, call them and oh, who's the guy that uh, his last name is White? Can't think of Scott White. Yeah, Scott, Scott yeah. White, and see if you could get them to to add it. Yeah. yeah. The problem is now another problem is there are a lot of magazines are changing their format. They're basically online but they but they update every day sometimes every hour well you know what again Steve going to their website maybe 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 if something like like it goes you know like if they're updating that frequently then I bet everybody is getting to their website and getting on it and that's what they're doing because you know like newspapers yeah they're like not the always accessible though unfortunately it's, it's, yeah let, 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 like steve and marna we, we got three other hands up and oh, steve's oh, already had oh. a shot so yeah, i'm so, sorry but, yeah. yeah okay that's okay go ahead Ron. thanks steve okay jenna yeah. is next jenna uh just a comment and a question i got the book shogun in braille one time and it turned out that it was in hand copy braille so it was in 28 volumes, and I lived in an apartment, and I brought it home in a grocery cart. I just will never forget that. But also, um, I had heard that some of the Kindle books were not really accessible. So if anyone is around who is reading Kindle, uh, could you uh, tell me if, if they are all pretty accessible, or, or what's the situation with that? John says, to his knowledge, Kindle is now pretty accessible. They never were for a long while, but but he's been reading Kindle. I've heard him read stuff. 
So the accessibility seems to be a lot stronger now than it used to be. Okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, area code 407. I I have just a very quick story to share since you guys have been doing that and a quick question. Um, and as an adult, uh, a while after my husband and I got married, we uh, had a mailman that was just great about delivering Braille books to me, you know, boxes and boxes of them, and he'd pick them up and everything. And he started to tell me this story one time about a number of, of years prior to that when he used to deliver books to this one blind kid's house you know, probably, you know, 20 years back or something like that. Well, by the time he got done with the story, we realized it was me that he had been delivering them to as a kid. Wow, that's funny. (laughs) We got a chuckle out of that. (laughs) But my quick question is, um, somebody was talking about um, some app or whatever that is available both on the, the Braille Sense and the Polaris and the Braille Touch, Note Touch. I missed which particular app or feature that was that the person mentioned that you could use on those devices. Uh, I don't know if you if that it, was either Mary Surely Beth it's or, Audible. It's Audible. It was Audible. Okay. Yeah, but there's another Thank one too. Thank you so much. That's what I'll, I thought, I'll tell you but I wasn't quick. totally yeah. positive. I kind of missed that part of it. Yeah, I'll Thank tell you, you very much. And there's another one called, you guys called are doing. Chirp. There's another app called Chirp that's kind of like Audible, and there's the cheapy books, and there's the the more expensive ones that they have. And I think, though, that most of the stuff that's on Chirp is is actually on Audible. There's a couple I saw. Is that a subscription one also, then? No, you just go in there. You sign up on their site, and they send you an email every day. It's like the deals like BookBub does okay. um 3.99 cents 3.99 2.99 you pick your category so and okay. then you just do paypal or whatever you want to do and that i've done on the brelson six i've done on the polaris i've done on the brelson okay. thank you very very much you're welcome thank you shirley okay peter is next yeah i remember recording for the blind in the late 70s in college was on cassettes <clears throat> and then and then of course yeah, now of course using the uh, the NLS cartridges for the for the talking books and also Bookshare and it's Bookshare is pretty neat. I found books that you know I read when I was growing up on Bookshare and since I'm a proof Braille proofreader by profession, uh, some of, a lot of those books I've seen in Braille at at work too, like you know I think Shogun you know, Wheel of Fortune, those uh, stuff like that, that that I did back in the 80s when I started proofreading. So, so, so since I, I read Braille all day for proofreading, I, I'll read books like off of Bookshare on the computer or sometimes Kindle, like our church pastor has a couple of books of his on Kindle also. And that's pretty good. Excellent. Good to know. Thank you so much, Peter. Okay, last one, uh, area code 518. Just a quick comment on Kindle accessibility, that um, the one thing that's hard to do now, which you could do before, was to run um, a program called Codex, which if you bought a Kindle book, you could remove the DRM and then actually put put the book onto an SD card and read it in Braille. A A lot for Kindle depends on, you can still do it, but it's a little more complicated now. Um, a lot depends on whether it's going to be an audio 
access or braille access and that that obviously the the DRMs have mostly pertain to the braille access thanks thanks Mary Beth we thank you all for being with us it was a good turnout and uh, we hope that you will join us next week on Tech Talk